The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Today, we are going to interview two gentlemen uh, who have had and will have an extraordinary impact on the 2024 presidential election. Uh, first up uh, is uh, Brendan Dilley, who heads the Dilley Mean Team. Uh, he is one of the most creative people I have ever met. Uh, and his impact in this election, specifically his impact on the upstart candidacy of Governor Ron DeSantis, has been nothing short of extraordinary. Then later in the show, Greg Phillips of True the Vote is going to talk to us not only about what happened in the last election, but talk about how we can best be sure that the next presidential election is free, fair, honest, and transparent. Because he's very limited on his time, has to do his own great show, uh, Brendan Dilley of the Dilley Mean Team joins me now. Hey, Roger. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm delighted that you drove home from Iowa and got home in one piece. Uh, you must be exhausted, but you must also be euphoric. Yeah, the uh, the adrenaline definitely carried us home. Uh, it only got a little bit dicey going through the mountains. Uh, we had tremendous uh, cold and ice here in North Georgia and into Tennessee, but we got home just fine, and uh, I was able to recover a little bit last night. And today I'm feeling like uh, rock and roll, man. Let's get let's get back into it. We've got a, a New Hampshire primary to win. The, the latest poll in New Hampshire, this really blows my mind. This is the Suffolk Boston Globe poll. So this is not something put forward by a bunch of right wingers. Uh, this now has Governor Ron DeSantis, who rants uh, a very narrow second, narrow in terms of the third pace finisher, but almost 30 <laughs> points behind Donald Trump uh, at 5% in New Hampshire, 5%. Uh, in all honesty, uh, other than Donald Trump himself, of course, I don't give uh, anyone uh, more credit for this. Uh, well, there's Donald Trump, obviously. There's the indefatigable and relentless Laura Loomer. Uh, but the Dilly Mean Team, uh, this creative team of individuals who understand the power of the internet, the power of social media, uh, and the power of satire to make uh, a, a valid and important political point, uh, has had an extraordinary uh, impact on this election. Uh, and I can tell you why you're over the target. When you get attacked relentlessly by the New York Times, well, you must be doing something right. Yeah, you know what, Roger? It was wild. I woke up this morning, and I and I don't know. You probably haven't even got a chance to check your phone. Jimmy Kimmel played our uh, "If uh, God Made Trump" video last night and attempted to go after us. This is after last Tuesday. Um, they they played it on Stephen Colbert's show. So we've we've really managed to upset the apple cart uh, during this election cycle. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand memes. I actually ran into one of them uh, while I was in Iowa on our way out after the victory party. I held the door open for Frank Luntz and Frank Luntz is one of the first people who was completely, I think, shocked by our content. And uh, he helped us get 50 million plays on the if I were the deep state meme that we did over the summer. And I ran into Frank. I held the door open for him and his students. And when they walked out, I was shocked to see uh, Frank was really impressed, I think, with the memes, even if he didn't agree with them. Uh, and he actually had us answer questions for his students and explain what it is that we do. Um, it's been a, a wild ride. I think that people still are really 
underestimating the effectiveness in messaging of using memes and comedy and other art forms to illustrate a greater political point and cultural point. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. All right, so let's get right to the meat here. Uh, if we can pull it up, the uh, the God video that Brendan refers to, that might be a great place to start. Gentlemen, can we uh, can we throw that up? And on June 14, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker, so God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms, strong enough to rustle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to ruffle the feathers, tame cantankerous World Economic Forum, come home hungry, have to wait until the first lady is done with lunch with friends, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon, and mean it. So God gave us Trump. I need somebody who can shape an axe, but wield a sword, who had the courage to step foot in North Korea, who can make money from the tar of the sand, turn liquid to gold, who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation, will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours. So God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips and yet stop. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack. A man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country. Somebody who's willing to drill, bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the lands, secure our borders, build our military, fight the system all day, and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. And then his oldest son turns and says, Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country to be the envy of the world again. So God made Trump. incredibly powerful uh can you imagine brendan the millions of dollars worth of airtime uh, that both uh, of those uh, hateful leftists uh, gave you in the last 24 hours unbelievable it, it really is roger you know what's shocking and it's something i i was explaining uh when i ran into mr frank once this is art and i think this is why everybody is so baffled by what we do and why it's effective Good art compels great conversation and great thought. This is not a paid for political ad. Thus, it doesn't have, uh, I, I don't think, a lot of the, the traditional political uh, ad feel to it. This is someone's interpretation of what's happening in America and how they feel about it. And this particular ad was created by three of our most talented memers. And this is what they had in their heart when they when they looked at the circumstance, and this is what they creatively came up with. I think the only reason that uh, that people are triggered and upset by this is this country has been void of culture and art for quite some time. And so when you start doing art again and you start messaging in a way that that utilizes art and using music and different creative uh, uh, means of visual representation, it really throws them off. I think they're they're expecting to see something that is extremely rigid and sort of dry. Uh, and instead, they end up with something that whether you agree with it or disagree with it, it's going to compel emotion and thought. And uh, it's, it's fascinating to watch how the world reacts to something as benign as suggesting 
that God created Donald Trump, which uh, even the New York Times, after doing a hit piece on this, had to admit was absolutely true. Well, God has created each of us, and he shall decide what it is that we will do in his service. The problem is they hate God, uh, and they hate yeah. the people who believe in God. Uh, we showed this yesterday on the show, but it is one of the all-time favorites uh, from your team, uh, Vote Rigger by uh, Ramble Rants. Uh, this is, without any question, uh, my favorite of all of your uh, memes. Can we roll that, gentlemen? Now I say is she a vote rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I say is she a vote rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 Fanita thought always at the beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton on the hunter arm. She said, talk to Waka Flock, I could really do harm. For a case, I got a lot, I could blow up the spot like a bomb. But I'm looking for the one, have you seen her? She went and put my whole team under subpoena. Diva, Friday, Felicia, four kids in charge of gonna Donald Trump. And you're the bullshit, indict Gucci Mane and chase it for some fame. She think it's all a game, but rap with no shame. She get up on TV, and you all know her name. If you play in Fulton County, then you better get paid, you know why? Cause the DA corrupt, yo, from what I heard, fatty got a baby by Mondo. And Loomis said she got a trap house in a condo. She don't care whatever said, long as she plopped, though. Now I say is she a vote rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I say is she a vote rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 13 counts, 13 counts. You getting paid to pounce, and that for 13 counts. I know somebody paying thought to charge whoever he says. Another DA in the pop and handle all of his biz. You will see her at the courthouse, call her Fatty Willis. Charge another rapper, cause you know she out to get us. She even charge her president if you could pay the money. Election interference done, deal for the money. She walk around looking like Chapo with the money. She got a new week, got white pole with the money, money. If you ain't no punk, holla, we want D-Trump, we want D-Trump, yeah. There's something that you need to have, cause when we get revenge, we gon' kick some ass. 13 counts, 13 counts, got paid for every count, straight into bank accounts. Now I is saying she a vote rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I is saying she a vote rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 I had the privilege of sending that to President Trump by text, and I must tell you, uh, he loved it. Really sums the situation uh, in Georgia up uh, extraordinarily. Uh, another quick question before we go to another video. Brennan, how did the team come together? Now, how did you recruit these people? Did you contact them? Did they contact you? Uh, you have an extraordinary team of really talented individuals, creative individuals, was my uh, honor to send them all their very own signed Roger Stones and some uh, challenge coins last week uh, was my privilege. Uh, how, do you, how did the team come together? Actually, first and foremost, thank you for that, Roger. It meant a lot to every single member of the team. They were, they were thrilled, and I, I've actually received pictures from many of them uh, of where they've been displaying them in their homes and their home offices and whatnot, so very, very kind of you to do that. Uh, the team actually came together after uh, social media started banning Trump supporters uh, after the 2020 election. And so just prior to everybody being removed from social media, I put out a link to some of my friends. I was already banned, but I put out a link to some of my friends and said, hey, if you have memers who still want their content played, uh, even though they're losing their social media accounts, I would be happy to play their content on my show. I'll continue to play it no matter what. 
And so it was a it was a chat room that we had created. And when we first initially had that room, we had a lot more members. And over time through the years, we we weeded out those that didn't fit with what we were doing. And we slowly started developing a, a family style, friend style room. It was a hangout. And part of the reason that the, the talent and a lot of the innovativeness has come so far was for years, all we were doing was trying to create content to top one another uh, from a either a humor standpoint or whatever. And when you've got a room full of ultra competitive, ultra creative minds uh, working and really for the sake of fun, it was just for fun. And by 2022, we recognized that, that President Trump was going to need us in the upcoming election. And we started getting even more organized and we started getting even more, I think, focused. And by 2023, uh, we were we were laser focused on the task at hand. And uh, that's how we came together. But it really is. It's a group of friends that are loyal to one another and loyal to President Trump. Uh, we've got the opportunity to hang out several times uh, in at different various meetups. And we've also had several members. I think we're up to about 10 now who have had an opportunity to meet President Trump and take a picture with them. I also, uh, a lot of people think that all we do is is the memes, Roger, and the truth is uh, several members, you can see at almost any President Trump rally and they'll be in attendance in the VIP. And in addition to that, we have about 75 phone bankers right now. Uh, last week, we had 72 working in Iowa that turned out they, they made 40,000 phone calls. And when I spoke with Team Trump, they told me that they were actually trying to compete with the Dilly 300 uh, for phone calls so that we're working again in New Hampshire this week as well. So it's really, it's an entire community, but specifically the meme team formed in 2021 and have just been hanging out and having fun ever since. Uh, your, your efforts have been uh, devastating to the candidacy of Ron DeSantis, largely because they have exposed uh, the truth about him. Uh, let's uh, roll one of those videos, if we may. Well, maybe I don't look the part. Uh, I'm not svelte. I don't look comfortable on camera. I'm not savvy. I don't understand what's going on in the news. I'm not likable. I don't get along with people. Uh, when I go to work, I don't make eye contact. I guess I don't fit the mold. I don't wear the latest clothes or even ones that don't reek. Uh, I don't change my underwear. Uh, I'm not buff. Uh, I don't have firm breasts. Uh, I don't exercise. And when I do sweat, I don't shower. I'm not spick and span. I don't clean the area between my crotch and legs. This is, of course, to be the post Ozempic Ron DeSantis. Absolutely devastating. I was, I, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that. Uh, I don't know if we can pull it down. You have. Uh, one uh, a video in which the dejected meatball kind of walks the streets, realizing that he's screwed up his entire career. If we can grab that, let's run it. If not, let's run the next thing you have set. We'll let Brendan comment on it. Wait, really, can't you? Oh, no, don't worry. Just keep your hands and feet away from his mouth. Don't you have any respect for yourself? This is absolutely gross. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. <laughs> Please crap. <laughs> Who chews with their mouth open? Let me go one step further. Who puts mayonnaise on a pastrami sandwich? <laughs> you know what, Roger? Even worse, who campaigns with food in their mouth? I, uh, it's one of the most, it's like if we took the, the oddities of John Kasich in the 2016 ca uh, campaign and multiplied it by about 100 because he was notorious for eating on the campaign trail. But DeSantis takes it up a notch 
by not only scarfing down his food, but attempting to, I, I guess, speak to an audience or a crowd while doing so. It's absolutely disgusting. He's, he's one of the, uh, and you know, look, are these disqualifying factors for a presidential uh, candidate? Probably not. But I think when you combine it with uh, the total and complete lack of awareness, as well as some of the really um, bizarre behavior, I think, within the campaign, and you recognize that this is just one, one I think, symptom of, of a, a poor candidate. Uh, he is probably, and Roger, you've been around a very long time, so I, I don't presume to, uh, to know even a little bit more than you on this subject, but this might be one of the worst politicians in the history of retail politics. I've never seen somebody be this bad at connecting with people. And what's even more strange is that he completed the full Grassley in Iowa, 99 counties, and didn't win a single county. And uh, as far as my team could find, that's never been done prior to the 2024 election cycle. Nobody has ever actually completed the Grassley and then didn't win a single county. It's super embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain importance uh, to the likability factor in politics. Look, Richard Nixon was an introvert. He was a painfully shy man. Uh, his enemies read that as arrogance. It wasn't arrogance. He was, uh, he was an introvert. He was very shy. He worked very hard at eye contact. He worked very hard to be a regular guy. It didn't always come off exactly right but he did stage the greatest single political comeback in American history. Uh, in Ron DeSantis, uh, you have a man who, I'm not sure what his issue, whether he's an introvert and an extrovert's business, uh, or whether uh, he just doesn't like people, uh, but his mannerisms are awkward. The way he eats is awkward. You don't get the feeling that he wants to talk to you. Uh, he famously, and people in Tallahassee knows this, would wear earbuds, not because he was listening to somebody, but so he could avoid human contact with people. Uh, even in the race for governor, uh, where he was running far ahead, he would come to a large event, he would enter through a back door, he would give a speech to his group. Uh, he might, if you're lucky, shake hands with one person on the podium, and then he was out the back door and on to the next uh, uh, event. Donald Trump is a man who gets his strength from people, who, who you can see loves people, loves to interact with people. Uh, uh, Ron DeSantis is uh, just not cut out for politics. Now, when you're running for governor, uh, uh, you can hide that through a blizzard of paid advertising. Uh, but in Iowa, where the people actually see you, uh, you really can't do that. And I think it's why he did so poorly. Uh, let's uh, throw up another video and we can let Brendan tell us what we're seeing. It's not getting better.
Never Back Down Incorporated is responsible for the content of this advertising. Uh, all right, uh, give us some commentary on that. And then I know you have to do your own show, so we're going to let you go. But I want to thank you so much for being here. Tell us what we were just watching. Well, that was my uh, very good friend, McGalifornia. Uh, he is the one who does a lot of the DeSantis memes, and he does the covers of the songs, obviously, you can hear it while it is a funny parody. It is a, he's a brilliant artist and musician and he just really uh, has a lot of fun making those. But that one was, that's a, that's a U2 cover. And it was probably one of the most effective when he first released it. It went mega viral, uh, went everywhere. And my understanding based on uh, feedback I've received from political insiders is that team DeSantis, uh, both Ron and Casey, hate my very good friend Miguelifornia by name. So every, usually it's uh, we hate the Dilly meme team, but in this case, because he was so effective, they, they actually hate him by name. He is one of my absolute favorites uh, on your team. All right, uh, Brendan, we're going to let you go because you got to do your own show. Uh, but to uh, cover your retreat, uh, we're going to throw up uh, uh, another video. I want to thank you very much for making time. Uh, I know how busy you are. I also know you drove cross country uh, to do the show. God bless you, my friend. And we'll get you back to talk about the uh, next round of victories by President Donald Trump. Thank you, Roger. God bless you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Let's uh, throw one more video. And then Greg Phillips of True of the Vote joins us right here on The Roger Stone Show. Ron DeSantis be a great president. Tim Scott make a great president. Nikki Haley make a great president. Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, go down the list. Going into 2024, the Republicans are going to be looking, looking for candidates who are focused on winning, not just making a point or setting a score. What is his The time is for it empty talk is over. All over the country, yes. there's a very high correlation between MAGA candidates and big loss. Do not please, Mr. allow anyone Don't run again. to tell you that it cannot be done. Well, you know, his administration can match the heart and fight and spirit black of America. The lowest it had ever been. It's time to step off the stage. President Trump Our has dropped well behind Joe Biden and any election. He's dropped behind Ron Santos in many of the primaries. The Trump has lost the threat. Millennium. You really have to go. If you have a problem, if you have a problem with someone, you have to go after them. And it's not necessarily to teach that person a lesson it's to teach all of the people that are watching a lesson that you don't take crap together we will make america great again the hardcore trump baseball is unshakable Once again, I want to thank, thank Brendan Dilley of the Dilley 300, the Dilley Mean Team, for joining us today on The Stone Zone. Our next guest, Greg Phillips, uh, is a, a man for whom I have enormous respect, not only for his deep experience, uh, but also for his judgment uh, uh, and for his courage uh, and his innovation uh, of the entire business of politics. Uh, he is my brother in Christ, uh, but he is also one of the single most effective political operatives and analysts in the country. Uh, I'm proud to have Greg Phillips uh, of True the Vote join us uh, on The Roger Stone Show. Hey, Roger. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for making this possible. I wanted to have you last week. Uh, uh, our internet provider uh, didn't uh, seem to want to cooperate. It's funny how some of you have, as you pointed out, some of the biggest, most important shows and minutes before the internet goes down. How coincidental. Uh, yeah. True the Vote uh, is a conservative vote monitoring organization based in Houston, Texas. Its stated objective is stopping voter fraud. The group was spun out of a Houston-based Tea Party organization called King Street Patriots. Its focus is on training volunteers to service 
as poll watchers on election day uh, in inspecting voter registrations uh, for hints of inconsistencies to flag uh, for uh, election officials. Uh, Greg Phillips, our guest today, has led intelligence projects around the world in a career spanning over 40 years. In 2020, Greg founded OPSEC to provide reliable data aggregation, research, and dissemination with an emphasis on U.S. election. Uh, he was uh, unjustly held in contempt of court, along uh, with his uh, associate uh, and also my friend, Catherine Engelbrecht, another person for whom I have uh, uh, unalloyed uh, respect. Uh, and uh, as I say, he joins us now. First of all, Greg, congratulations on your recent victory, uh, a landmark decision. Uh, can you elaborate for a moment on your victory against uh, uh, Fair Fight, Stacey Abrams, Mark Elias, and the Biden DOJ? Yeah, it was a, it was a long fight. Uh, we, in 2020, just after the election, like everybody else, we were gathering as much data as we could. We were sort of evaluating process, trying to figure out where can we play. Uh, we submitted um, uh, several lawsuits to several different states. But what we immediately, you know, you and I know this, but it wasn't until 2020, I think, that it really became sort of visceral in, in, its, in, in, in our understanding of what it really means. So the, the point of all this is that after an election, you go through a process of canvassing, of course, you canvass all the counties, what, what were your votes, the secretaries of state roll those canvas reports up, count them, and then ultimately certify the election. In the case of Georgia, what was happening, of course, is that, you know, there was all sorts of chaos. Um, they canvassed three different times. They tried to certify uh, twice, couldn't do it, ultimately certified or so on, on or about uh, December 14th. And then, or I guess it was December 12th. And then a couple days later, our team came up with a list of 364,000 voters that were still on the list, but but they 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 weren't. It wasn't being addressed, right? They they didn't live there anymore. They didn't live in Georgia, and so what we did was okay. We've got this uh, special election coming up, or this runoff election coming up here the first week of January. Now think about the timing with me for a second, Roger. We found this 364,000 voters about the same time they were certifying the election. So what the courts all wanted to know was, well, who voted, right? It's one thing to have them on the list, but if the, if you can't tell the court who voted, they really don't care. They don't care about statistics. They don't care about anything. They just want to know how many of those people voted. And so what we did was, once that certification was done, we prepared our list of 364,000 voters worked with Georgia citizens that were voters and challenged those consistent with Section 230 of their election law. So the sequencing of this was Raffensperger certified the election. We challenged the voters. But what we also did was we went and met with Raffensperger and said, hey, we've got this big list of 364,000 voters here. And, you know, we're, we're a little concerned. This list is pretty big. And now we were always already talking about the runoff, but because the other election had already occurred and they hadn't cleaned the list, those 364,000 voters that didn't live there, presumably some of them had, had voted in, in the general election. Long story short, two weeks later, Raffensperger confirms that, yeah, 364,000 sounds about right. We're like, what? What do you mean? Okay, well, we got to get busy. So we started challenging the voters. Two weeks later, President Trump has that now famous phone call on New Year's Day um, that says, hey, um, you know, we've got all these, you know, ineligible voters on the list. What's going on, Mr. Secretary? And, and Raffensperger says, I have nothing to see here. But remember, he certified knowing that those 364,000 people didn't live there anymore. The reason he knew that is because he was being sued by Stacey Abrams in fair fight. And so all of this happened, and next thing you know, the, you know, we lose the runoffs and so on and so forth. We also got sued two days after we submitted those challenges. That suit is the one that was recently settled. Stacey Abrams, fair fight, Mark Elias and his two law firms 
And um, the Biden Justice Department sent a, a cadre of about 24 lawyers to fight against us. Catherine stood tall against it all. The court came back, and even though the 150-page ruling was pre pretty negative about us, uh, in the end, he said, yeah, but there was no suppression here, no, no violation of the Klan Act, um, no violation, you know, no suppression, no nothing. But the biggest thing for us, Roger, was a confirmation in that hearing, in that hearing from Raffensperger's lawyer who said these words, we only cleaned the voter rolls every other year during off years, 2017, 2019, 2021, 2023, 2025. My antenna is listening to this. My antenna is immediately went up and like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're saying you only clean the voter rolls every two years and you just finished cleaning them in 2023? So we're not going to get another clean until 2025? So we dig into all of our data and here's what we come up with. 430,000 voters. This is breaking on your show right now, Roger. 430,000 ineligible voters are already noted as ineligible to vote because they don't live there anymore. But they're not going to clean them again until 2025. What could possibly go wrong with a list of 430,000 voters that don't vote there anymore? People ask us all the time, well, Greg, you know, you did this movie and you did all this stuff, but where do the ballots come from? That's where they come from. They're mailed out to these people who don't live there anymore. They're gathered up, they're cast and, and pushed into the system from people who don't even live in Georgia anymore. It's not necessarily the voter who's cheating. It's an entity or a set of entities that are gathering up all those open ballots and pushing them out there. Roger, the, the answer to the question was, we ultimately went back and looked. Once we got access to the data, you know, the courts are like, hey, you know, if you can't tell us the voters' names, we're not, we can't act. That's why all those cases were dismissed. It wasn't for, you know, there was some lack of standing issues, but the, ultimately the few that were actually heard, the judges said, look, if you can't tell me who voted, it doesn't matter. Here's what we learned. 67,284 people in the, voted on, on November 3rd of 2020. 67,284 that were ineligible because they didn't live there. Incredible. Uh, it's a mess. Uh, so it's a train uh, wreck. Should that happen again in Georgia in 2024, uh, will it be provable? Well, that's a really good question. So we're we're addressing those issues right now. Um, here's what is provable. We now have all of that information that we got from the court case. We now have Raffensperger's uh, lawyer's testimony that they've cleaned them once. They're not going to clean them again until 2025. So we have the list of the 430,000 voters that shouldn't be voting. So what, what Catherine and, and the legal team are doing now is considering, well, what do we do now? So do we do a big class action suit? Do we do, you know, do we, how do we do this? Right. Um, so the answer to your specific question is no, you won't know until March of 2025 who voted. But if we can tell them in advance, hey, hey, judge, we've got these 430,000 people here. And if these people vote, there's no way the selection can be appropriately certified. And so and so that's 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 really where it is. But it was a landmark case. She absolutely destroyed, you know, their their what they call their unbeatable record of of, uh, you know, beating all of us into the dirt. Um, but Catherine stood tall. She had a great legal team. Nobody will ever, you know how this is, Roger, but no one will ever really know what was happening behind the scenes in those meetings uh, at night, you know, in between, uh, in between, uh, in between the uh, court uh, sessions. Uh, but she was making important decisions that ultimately brought in a couple of new lawyers um, that, that were amazing. Uh, there are a couple of firms joined in and we were able to, to, successfully win this thing and it truly was i think one of the most important cases of the year not just because we now learned it's okay for citizens to engage in this process it's not considered suppression 
It's not considered intimidation. And we can we now know we can do that. And that's important because we've never we've never had a ruling like that before. So but now we have to deal with this issue. 430,000 people that have already moved. By the time the election comes around, it'll probably be closer to 500,000. But we know they're not going to clean the voter rolls again. So how do we force that? How do we get those voter roll clean? How are we sure that none of those people receive a mail-in ballot? Um, how do we do this? And so we have a lot of a lot of you know legal stuff to do. But that, Catherine and her team are going to work on that, and they're going to make a they're going to make some great decisions, and and we'll support them with all our data and all the work that we do. And um, it, it it it's hard to overstate it, but one thing that that also will resonate with you, and this is this has been true as long as you and I have been in this business. Uh, you know, it was different back when, you know, when Atwater was running the RNC or when you guys were, you know, you and, and uh, Charlie and Paul were working together. Things were a little different back then, in part because y'all could force things into the RNC, right? There wasn't this sort of, uh, we don't love, we don't like MAGA, so we're just not going to pay attention. But we saw it again in this case, Roger, not one single committee, not the NRSC, not the or NRS. Yeah, the NRSC, the NRCC, the 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 RNC, no one stood stood up with Catherine in this fight. No one, not one single entity joined the case. And so, yeah. it, it really tells you, I think, where the establishment still is with all of this. That eh, we'll just let them, we'll just let them rot. If we lose, we lose. What do we care? And and that's their that's their opinion all the time. So a lot of a lot of lessons learned. You know, we're not we're not we're not bitter about it. We just know that we're on our own. You know, it's it's me and you and and everybody else and, and all of your listeners that, that and Brendan and everybody that have to get in and fight. If if I could just a moment of personal privilege, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of noise in the system, Roger. You know, you guys are attacked all the time. Uh, we're attacked all the time. Flynn's attacked all the time. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. What's interesting about it to me is that this feels a little bit like the politics of division. Right. It, it, we've been around long enough to see it and feel it. And while it, it agitates the crap out of me, um, you know, I, I, I can't fight your fight. I can't fight Paul's fight. I can't fight you know, Mike's fight. Um, and, you know, I can barely even fight my own. But but what's what's important is and you said it in the opening when you were introducing me, you know, we're brothers in Christ. And, and ultimately, that's our true north. And. And our ability to then forge relationships inside of people that are with that are in that are that are near your true north and mine and, and others, that that's how you build these teams. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to divide it. And so there's a lot of people, a lot of things out there trying to divide us. We got hit the other day by Brian Cates of all people. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But for for me. I can't, I can't fight your fight. I, you can't fight mine. Um, you know, some of Brendan's people have attacked us. If I, if I asked you to intervene and go tell Brendan to tell them to stop, no, that's not, that's not what this is. What we have to do is we have to continue to forge these, these relationships amongst the leaders, amongst the influencers, amongst people uh, like, like you and, and, you know, and like, like Mike and, and, you know, the hundreds, thousands of others that are out there that, that have these influences. And assuming we all can sort of bank on that true north and our, our belief in each other and my belief in you and your experience and what you bring to the table and your belief in mine, and we bring everybody together, that's how we're going to win. It's the politics of inclusion in that case and not the politics of division. And I'm just sick of it. I mean, it's not time. Now's not the time to be, you know, drama queen this and doing this and doing all this. Stop. Just stop. It's time to get to work, guys. I literally had to stop the other night in the middle of, of uh, working on a project in, in Iowa to deal with an issue that should never have been brought to my attention. And I understand that even to this moment, people, there's there's telegram groups and others that are getting together. Well, why won't Greg denounce somebody or why won't this? Or Stop. Just stop. Get to work. If you don't have anything else to do other than piss and moan and whine and why this and why that, and I'm just going to never talk to Greg again, or I'm going to block him because he was mean to Roger, and you know, screw that. Get to work, people. Get to work. 
and there's no more time for this, Roger. We we've got we we as leaders in this in this community have to bring our teams together, and we have to get to work to advantage not just ourselves in the presidential race with President Trump, which of course is important, but you you know better than anyone on earth that all of this bleeds down into these school board races and these local races, these boards of supervisors and mayors and, and state reps and state senators, because that's where the ultimate um, uh, uh, sort of focus on inclusion really matters, right? I mean, if it, it if it's a presidential race, it may or may not matter because you and I are going to stay together, right? I mean, me and you and everybody, we're going to continue to work on this thing, you know, whether we like each other or not, you not me and you, but you know whether there are, there are others involved, whether we like each other or not, we have a great a greater effort and a greater cause to work toward. And I, and I'm sorry to interrupt, kind of what we were getting on here about, but it's maddening, it's frustrating when you're trying to just get your work done, right? You're trying to to help President Trump win a win a primary or, or a caucus, and you're trying to to you know get ready for New Hampshire and get ready for South Carolina and get these fools out of the race. We can all agree on that, right? I mean that video, that video that that you showed that uh, when Brenda was on, that was hilarious. I hadn't seen that before, so that that was really awesome. But but it was a reminder of of you know we don't have to be friends, but as sort of you know for us as brothers in Christ and for others that are are kind of moving in our direction. Um, we have to continue to go that way and stop this infighting and stop the nonsense and stop the crap. You want to fight with me in 2025? Good luck. I'll be retired by then. It's time to move on in my life. But but right now, Roger, we have 10 months left. It's time to fight. We have to be together and get together, and we have to continue this 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 incredible movement that Trump has has started and facilitated and put together. He's going to win. You know, in my, in my view, you know, it's not a certainty, of course, there's nothing in politics that are certain, but but we got a, a tremendous opportunity right now, not just to win there, but to win the Senate, to 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 improve in the in the House, or improve our standing in the House, but also win some of this down ballot stuff, win some, of, maybe win the, the uh, you know, a few other state Senates, maybe win a governor's race or two that we didn't expect, maybe you know, win some state house reps in some local races. It's critically important that we understand that it's not just about Trump. It's about everything on the right. Everything we have to get conservatives conservatives into government. We have to build the foreign team and we have to do it effectively. The politics of division does nothing but do that. It does nothing but divide and it hurts people on the ground the most. It hurts those lower down races the most because they don't have people that they can rely on. Well, if I'm, I'm not going to work on this race because I don't like Roger, what? What do you mean? I mean, so so is that what you're all about? Maybe your true north is not mine. And and so I, I'm just, I just wanted to kind of get it out there and just vent and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do it, not cut me off. Um, I'm just... I'm just exasperated by it all. You know, you guys have, have health issues in your family. You know, we've got some in mine and there's just all kinds of things happening. We just don't have time for the, for the division. Now's not the time, people. Stop. Get to work. Shut up. If you don't like me, mute me, block me. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I don't like your drama. I don't want anything to do with it. But what I do want is I do want us to all figure out a way to get together and go down your path, do your thing, work with your friends, work with your followers, work with your people. But don't, don't, you know, don't expect me to, you know, divide myself with against Roger or against against um, Mike or against, you know, whoever else they're mad at for that particular day. It's really, it's really quite extraordinary, and uh, it, it, it's not just hurtful, but it, it, it's. Um, it, 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 it's divisive in in a way that we can't afford. We're not that big of a movement. We're not. You can't afford to lose anyone. Because uh, what happens is those people people that follow them stay home in a place like Georgia. And next thing you know, Trump loses by 9,000 votes, not very many votes. Um, and there's nobody to stand up and say, hey, that wasn't right. You can't do that. Because you got these people sitting at home going, 
you know, hoping nobody notices I didn't vote because I was mad at Greg or I was mad at something Trump said or I was mad. You know, screw that. I'm just done with it. Get to work. If you can't work, just shut up and stay away from me. Block me, mute me. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me anymore. All I care about is working with my friends and working with, with, with um, others that follow my true north or that I can ascertain follow my true north and let's get after it. It's time to fight. No more time for this, this BS. Hey, look, I, I'm glad you raised this because I could not uh, agree more. My political mentor, former Connecticut Governor John Davis Lodge, said politics is the art of inclusion, not the art of subtraction. Uh, everybody who's for Donald Trump, everybody who's for the America First agenda, everybody who wants to make America great again, we all need to be pulling in the same direction. Uh, I try to for those who seek to drive a wedge between me uh, and others in this movement. People have sought to drive a wedge between you and I. No, that's not going to happen. There's very few people who I respect as much as you and Catherine in terms of what you have done and, more importantly, what you are going to do. Uh, the Democrats are completely and totally united with their allies in the media in their efforts to destroy us. Uh, they uh, sent you to jail. They tried to send me to jail. They use uh, censorship. They use cancellation. They use artificial intelligence uh, against us. Meanwhile, some people want to bicker uh, with other Trump supporters. That makes no sense to me. I don't want to be a, party of, a part of that. Time is short. Our opportunity is narrow. We're on the cusp of taking this country back and saving it. That must be uh, our focus. Uh, in, the time we have, in the time we have left, because politics is always about the future, never about the past. You have some exciting new voter targeting technology. Tell us about that. I've been working on this project for literally decades in terms of gathering and collecting data. That's a lot of what we do. Uh, a few years ago, we built a fusion center that would allow us to collect that data more effectively, more efficiently. Um, we've organized it. We've put, we've, we've added to it. And here's what we came up with. Um, just last night, um, uh, sometime in the middle of the night, we, we actually launched the first version, a full version of this after testing it in Iowa and we are ready to go. The name of the product is called Ground Fusion. Um, we own this. Um, no, there's no outside influence. There's no outside in, uh, interference in what we were able to build. I've never, ever, Roger, in my entire career been more excited about an opportunity that we have with us today with Ground Fusion. What we did was we used a fusion center capability, which is a sort of a government term, if you will, for the ability to bring data from disparate sources together and then provide access to that data for people that are able that are that want to use it need to use it so like DHS and the FBI and others might use a fusion center concept to build all of the data that they need to fight trafficking drug trafficking on the border that kind of thing that's how that's how the fusion concept works what we were able to do is apply it to elections so here's what we have now, accessible, available. You're seeing some of the shots on, on your screen right now, or your list, your watcher, your viewers are. We were able to pull together 211 million voter registrations. We have about 300 attributes each for, for all of those. That's about, so I'll do the math for you. It's about 40 billion attributes that we have about voters in America. We have contact information, we have cell phones, we have email, um, we have um, uh, pretty much you name it. What we also have is we have lots of outside data. So we were able to bring in all of the census data, for example. We were able to bring in 27 years of election history into, into all of this. So we can go and look in not just history of the states, but we can drill it down to the counties, to the precinct, to the actual individual household. And we can tell you everything there is to know about those folks. So we can use this for offensive purposes. We can use it for defensive purposes. We can pull together uh, communications mechanisms. Let's just say, I'll use an example that we, that we looked at in Iowa. Um, um, what if I could tell you, Roger, I mean, you're, you're, you're the best at this, right? You're the best at micro-targeting. I don't, I mean, in, the, in a lot of ways, I learned how to do this from you guys and the work that you guys have been doing for all these years. And, and we th we, you think about this and you say, okay, well, 
how are we going to do this? Anybody can just go buy a bunch of ads, right? Anybody can, you know, buy buy the fringe of Hannity or buy, you know, Laura's show, or anybody can do all of that. Those are that's that's old school stuff. But what not everyone can do is you can sit there with an an analytic idea. Let's say you and I were sitting in a room, and you're like, Greg, I need to know every every Hispanic male with an Hispanic surname that likes NASCAR and that hasn't voted in two cycles. And I need to I need to see that list. But furthermore, I need to be able to send them this video that I just got from a famous NASCAR driver. We we literally can do that on the fly. We create the the query or the algorithm on the fly across all of those records. We can do it just in Iowa. We can do it across the United States. We can pull that up and then we can send that video to them in real time. And so having that ability to not just micro target, but to using the analytics, but to build in or, or let's call it data mining for the for for everybody out there is kind of thinking, what's he talking about analytics? So in that case, it would be some sort of regression analysis technique, maybe a maybe a, a predictive type, maybe maybe not. But we use all sorts of different um, regression techniques to be able to drive the answer to that question and then hit a button that says go if, if you say greg i just want the list just give me the give me the list of the 10 that you just came up with okay here you go it's done uh, i want you to go i want you to go ahead and send the email to everyone on numbers one two and ten and i want to send text to four five and six and uh, let's just hold off on seven and eight and we can do all of that and we can do it now on the fly ground fusion is the single most effective tool that I've ever come in contact with. It is um, astoundingly valuable. Um, uh, altogether, I think we have a trillion different or trillion different or so uh, data elements in the in the deal about individual voters, 40 billion. Um, and the rest is is just how we amalgamate and how we look at different um, um, uh, data sets and, and involve those in the case. So Imagine going and sitting down, which which we've done with um, with people that that are you know in President Trump's campaign, and you can say to them, okay, they just got done in Iowa, they're scrambling now to get ready for New Hampshire. You know how you know how the primary things work. I mean, it's like oh my god. I mean, you can never you feel like you're never sleeping. You're just almost sleepwalking through it all, especially you know as you approach Super Tuesday. In this case, what we got to do is we got to get I guess DeSantis. You know, he's not long for this world. He, he's actually a, a waste of time and effort at this point. Point. He, he's he's already failed and has destroyed his career. The one who's seeking to destroy her career is Haley. So what do we got to do to get her out? How would you do it? What would you do if you said, Greg, let's go sit down. I'll meet you in I'll meet you in Manchester and let's just start hammering this thing out. We can sit there and we can get it done and and move on to South Carolina before while we're sitting there, we get done with New Hampshire. Okay, well, let's just go ahead and do South Carolina. By the time Haley gets to South Carolina, if she's still standing. We'll destroy her. We can attack positively. We can attack negatively. We can use it for offense. We can use it for defense. Um, and and you and I have been in the space for a long time. Um, we've never ever had. We've had tools that we could access, and we've had data sets we could access, and we could access our own experiences. And and um, just for the, for what it's worth for everybody out there. Um, who who don't know Roger's specific background, but but fighting an election against uh, Paul Manafort uh, uh, and Roger and and Charlie back in the day was was shockingly hard, right? I mean, it's how. It's how uh, Lee Atwater sort of made his way, right, by being able to do these things and being able to to both target and micro-target at scale. And you couldn't win an election against these guys. You just couldn't do it. Um, Greg, and and sure. that's, that's... I appreciate your, your kind words. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Tell people very quickly how they can support you. Where can they go? I, I, you know, see us on uh, tr at True the Vote on both Twitter and True Social. You can find me on Greg at, at Greg Phillips on True Social. Uh, much of this stuff won't ever actually see the internet, uh, but if you want to reach out to me and learn a little bit more about what we're doing with Ground Fusion, love to have you, Roger. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, sorry, I was a little little blathered on today, but but uh, you know we got to do what we got to do. It's time to get out and fight. I love you. Thank you so much. 
uh, it's important that we get together and fight in a united front. Thank you so much, Greg Felix of True the Vote, a patriot, a Christian brother, a pioneer, and one of the key people in ensuring that the next election not only is victorious, but free, fair, and honest. God bless you, my brother. All right, folks, this has been The Roger Stone Show. I'm Roger Stone. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow us at rumble.com slash Roger Stone. This has been The Stone Zone, and we will see you at the same time tomorrow.